Welcome to the Audible Insights Podcast, brought to you by the Insights Association, the leading voice in market research, and hosted by David Paul, CEO of Engages, and an expert in research-driven messaging, content, and stories. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Audible Insights Podcast. I'm David Paul, CEO of Engages, and we're coming to you from the floor of the Insights Association's Corporate Researchers Conference in Orlando. And I have the pleasure of being joined for this conversation by Steve August. Steve was the founder of Revelation and later served as Chief Innovation Officer and Chief Marketing Officer for Focus Vision. Steve, thanks so much. Thanks for having me, David. Great to be here. It's great to chat with you. So for those who don't know your story, um, take us through your journey through the market research industry. Sure. Um, I like to say I, I blame my wife for the whole whole adventure because uh, I came into market research, as a lot of people do, almost by accident. And my wife was actually the real researcher in the family. Mm. She was the one with the master's degree in consumer behavior. And... She had her own consulting business, and when in 2002, when our, our daughter was born, um, we had a choice. I was working at a job, uh, museum exhibit design of all things, oh, wow. that was wonderfully satisfying, but didn't pay very well. And so we decided to make my wife's business the family business. And so I started supporting her in the business, and mm-hmm. uh, Kimberly's a specialty was ethnography and in homes and in death qual. Mm-hmm. And so I'd see her uh, going to people's houses and in advance they would they would she would create these paper diaries mm-hmm. like to see what was going on while she wasn't there so that she could be better informed about what was going on when she was right. there. And I was looking at this and it was around 2003 2004 and I said well, we have these things called blogs. They're kind of like web diaries, web diary, paper diary. Maybe we could make this easier because, you, you know, see all the effort. She's going to Kinko's at the time and oh, yeah. creating the, the booklets and sending them out FedEx and then had all this information at the end that had to be integrated into her reporting and her analysis. And it just seemed like a lot of work that could be made easier. So we started playing with blogging systems, off-the-shelf blogging mm-hmm. systems. And we started doing some projects with it and testing it out. And we were like, Oh my gosh, this seems to be working really well. well yeah. yeah, like people are sharing a lot more than we thought they were. Yeah. And we, so we started speaking about it at industry events. I think actually the first one we spoke at was the MRA event in Las Vegas uh, that happens every year. Yeah. The, the, the three-chapter event. Right, right. And people came up to us afterwards and said, wow, that's really cool. Can we use your, your platform? And I said, well... <laughs> you could, but you wouldn't want to. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it was, you had to be pretty technical. You had to know HTML. You had to, okay. it was, and it, and the thing that it output was, I, I mean, I had to print out web pages, then strip the HTML. And it was, yeah. it was really rudimentary. It was the early days. It was the early days. Yeah. Uh, and I said, but I bet you we could build something that people would want to use and would make our job a lot easier. And that's how the idea of Revelation well, came to be. That's a very cool story. And uh, so we, Hired, uh, we took in some f- friends and family money, and we hired uh, a web developer or a web app developer. And, uh, we were living in San Francisco in the time, and uh, we built the first version, released it in 2006. It was sitting on one Rackspace server wow. <laughs> in Austin, and uh, it didn't know time zones. It didn't, <laughs> uh, it could barely put out a transcript, but it did things at the time that the other bulletin board offerings couldn't do. And it was, uh, one of those those epiphanies is like 
I looked at it and I said, all the tools at the time are replicating a methodology. We have focus groups offline, let's just put focus groups online. But what I saw as the opportunity was, if the mission is to understand people, to understand business questions, what does the technology give us the ability to do? And so to think through, wow, if we can get into their experiences and get closer to experiences, their mm -hmm. experiences, uh, then we'll have a better understanding and therefore we can answer the questions better. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why it, we developed it the way we did. It's almost an ethnography platform more than a, a bulletin board. Right, right. And, yeah. and so we uh, uh, raised, a f raised some money after that. We got mm -hmm. some cl initial clients as I started speaking about it. And we actually split Revelation out from my wife's consulting company because they were two different companies. Sure. And uh, we uh, started to grow as my first business. Yeah, uh, oh, wow. And I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I thought I knew more than I did. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, that's the thing with business is that it, um, what you're really good at is different than running a business and growing yeah, a business. Always, and there, yeah. There's two different skill sets. Right. And that was one of the things that I needed to learn uh, and did through this learning curve of growing a, a business and grow, growing it up to you know, millions in revenue and, tw and 20 plus people. Yeah. Uh, and it was a journey. It, yeah. was, it was challenging in so many different ways. Right, ups and downs. A lot of ups and downs. I threw it into the ditch a few times, had to pull it out of the ditch a few times. Yeah. Uh, and and it took its toll too uh, yeah. along the way as anybody who's run a business yeah. knows that you know there's an emotional there's a lot of mental energy that gets expended on the journey yeah uh but we we kept growing and kept growing and uh in 2014 we had the opportunity to get acquired by focus vision and it was a great match actually yeah because what we had hit at that point is like we were supporting global research companies out of portland oregon Right. And it's a really tough time zone to do global support out of. Yeah, West Coast is. Yeah, so what we needed was more salespeople and more service people and a bigger footprint. Uh, and it turned out Focus Vision needed a platform like Revelation, and they had a ton of salespeople right. and a big global footprint. Yeah. And it was like one of those things that just made a lot of sense. Yeah, it seems and like a natural fit. Yeah, and so it was the right time, and it worked out for everybody, and Revelation still going on within Focus Vision yeah, to this day. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. So then moving on from that, obviously, that was a big uh, life change for you and, and great success. Congratulations on that. Mm -hmm. So what did you decide to do next in your career? Mm -hmm. Either what are you doing now next or what's next for you? What, right. How does Steve August's story continue to unfold? Right. So I continue to work for Focus Vision uh, I had an earnout year, so I did that. And then right as that happened, was coming to a close. Focus Vision had bought Decipher and a number of other companies and had packaged it all together and sold it to another private equity company. Uh, and I was in a position that I had options. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I should probably stick around and see if these options, you know, cash in. And, you know, uh, yeah. I was blessed that they did. Uh, and then I stayed for another year. I was... Uh, became the chief marketing officer. So mm -hmm. I had this uh, uh, amazing experience of answering to a private equity board. Uh. And all that, all the glamour of it, of traveling to New York and London, right. and then also the, the, cha the challenge of it, it's a very demanding yeah. um, way of looking at the world and how they, how they want a company to grow. Yeah. So I did that up until 2017, and then I realized I was, I was ready for new things. Yeah. You know, it had been the, uh, the whole journey from idea to exit to 
um, your earnout and, and beyond. Yeah. It was, you know, I had done what I needed to do. Yeah, a big or chunk of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I stepped out and in the beginning of 2017, February 2017, and then people started coming to me and asking, hey, I got some things going on in my business. Uh, I'd love to get your perspective. You seem to have been through it, uh, a lot of different things. And I said, sure, happy to help. And I found that I really enjoyed helping people through, uh, think through their business issues and mm-hmm. think their biggest questions and saw that, that everybody was going through that kind of journey who was running a company. There's mm-hmm. this, this, and it's, it can be a very lonely journey, especially if, if, you're, if they're a solo founder, yeah. that you know, there's only certain things, certain, there's not very many spaces where they can actually talk about what's really going on and then have somebody who's been there reflect back and help them work through those issues. Yeah. And it felt really gratifying to me. It felt really satisfying and mm. I really loved it. And so I started mm. to continue to get deeper into how do you be a coach? How do you learn how to uh, go deeper? And started to see that it wasn't just the business level, it was the transformations in the people uh, as well that was that was happening with my yeah. clients. Yeah, well that that sounds very gratifying and rewarding. It's kind of the culmination of everything that you've learned and been through. Mm-hmm. And now to help people get through that maybe a little bit easier than you were able to at times or help mm-hmm. them foresee things that they don't realize are coming down the pike, but you are absolutely certain they will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think a big part of the... The challenge in being, especially the first-time founder, is you don't know what's sort of normal. Yeah. Like you don't know what your baselines are. Um, you know, everything's happening, and to, you know, and good things happen. And it's like that's great. Then challenges happen, and how do you contextualize that? How do you, how do you put that in where it's supposed to be in the context that it's supposed to be? Yeah. Because sometimes it's very natural to have a challenge. Like if you grow and grow and grow, at some point you're going to hit a plateau right. and you're going to have to rearrange your company a little bit, yep. right? Especially yep. that early first phase for founders where it's, it's very founder driven or the, you know, in terms of the selling mm-hmm. and the doing yep. and you get to, and there's plenty of at the beginning because you're just building the business. There's plenty of time and, and bandwidth to, to take on both those activities. But as the, the success starts to happen, mm-hmm. you're not able to, to, to sell and do. And that, that kind of pattern is very normal yeah. and to know that it's normal and to, to, to say, oh, this is just where you are. Here's what you might want to think about, you know, and how do you want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. So what are you up to today then? How are you uh, how are you kind of formalizing this for yourself and what kind mm-hmm. of ser- what kinds of services are you offering now? Yeah. So I have two main services that I, that I do and, and they work together. Uh, the first is my my one to one private coaching. So I sit down and I create that space and be that resource uh, for founders uh, and especially uh, visionary founders who are, you know, a lot of times uh, people will start a company not because they're, they're like, oh, I got to start a company. It's because they want to put something across to the world. Mm-hmm. They've come up with some new way of looking at some methodology, some way of helping other, other companies, other people. Right get their get, do better at what they're right. doing so it's an accidental founder they've got something they want to put out in the world and that's the only way to do it right yeah and so they become a business person yeah. and so I help them with that understanding what that entails and that's that's really gratifying in that we, we have a lot of time we have a space um, it's in person or it's in over zoom and we meet a, a once or twice a month and we keep them moving forward yeah. Uh, and it's amazing to see the transformations that oh, have happened. Yeah. And then uh, this year I've introduced retreats as well into my business because one of the things 
that I found in Revelation when I was running that and growing that was it's really hard to be able to step back and get some quiet and get some space. Uh, there's always there's always incoming. There's always a million emails, mm-hmm. whether it's from customers, your team, advisors, board, investors. Um, and sometimes you just need to separate and remind yourself what it is to be just you for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so what we do with these retreats, they're digital detox retreats. So people give up their phones <laughs> when they arrive. Oh, wow. uh, and it's a very, very specific, very deliberate uh, sequence of events. Mm-hmm. And we go out into nature. We go and we do some, some very presencing activities. So the last one we did whitewater rafting. And it's really hard to worry about your marketing problem when you're on a class four rapid. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. just you're fully present in that moment. Right. And it, so often we're not in that moment. Yeah. Like we're here, but we're thinking about always all, something else, yeah. right? And yeah. o- most of the time we're, we're, we're ruminating on something that happened in the past and figuring out what we should have done. <laughs> or we're worried about what's going to happen in the future yeah. and how we're going to, you know, succeed or avoid, you know, catastrophe. Yeah. And so having three or four days where you're actually just thinking about what's going on right now and then taking that, that quiet and that perspective and that yeah. shift in then applying it to a problem or a challenge. Yeah. And so everybody who comes uh, to the retreat with a challenge, and on the last day, we all help each other process their uh, challenges. That's when you it. circle back to address it. But by then, heads have been cleared out, and, and everybody has space to think. Absolutely. And so, so what's that last day like, um, especially as you were doing, let's say, your first one where you didn't know exactly what to expect? What, mm. what were people like on that last day when, when they've gone through the detox and now they're actually coming back Mm-hmm. to do the hard work again, but in a different mindset. They, uh, is amazing. It's transformative. They, uh, they come into it and they see things differently. Huh. They see a little bit of a shift cause they're not in that mode of reacting. They're able to like get space and then look at the problem. And it's sort of like shifting the problem, the angle on it. And, you know, and I facilitate them through and along with the help. And we start to see what's the real problem. Cause often the surface problem, is just a manifestation of what's going on in uh, their own heads, their mm-hmm. own stories. So my firm belief and, and experience with entrepreneurship is like one of the, the most amazing personal growth platforms ever devised. Mm-hmm. Because if there is a trigger or a button for that to be pushed for you as a person, running a business will push them, yeah. <laughs> will trigger them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a tremendous service because once they're surfaced, then we know what we're dealing with. Once mm-hmm. you become aware of it, then you can say, okay, this is how I'm shaping my world. And, you know, I had one, one person who, you know, they were pushing really hard and, it, you know, partly it was a cash flow issue, but the story driving that was, it was they were never going to be good enough, mm. right? And so we had to kind of look at both those stories. It's like, where is this coming from? Because those stories as the founder and the CEO actually drive drive the the business yeah like they they have a, a funny way of working their way into the business and that right. was totally true when i was working revelation yeah all the all my stories and i had big uh things around scarcity and worthiness and things like that yeah you know was all part of what what made revelation challenging yeah right my, it was like having your foot 
on the gas and the brake at the same time. Well, and what you find as a founder, speaking from experience myself, is that it also never lets up. You know, mm. the notion of work-life balance, or I go to work during the day, I go home in the evening. When you're a founder, CEO, that that doesn't exist. Yeah. It's it's everything all the time. Yeah. You're always a family person. You're always running your company. Um, and I, I guess I will say that over time, you, you get better at it. You learn mm -hmm. how to deal with it. But when things get tough mm -hmm. on any one major side of your life, it seeps into all of that. Yes. And that's when things start to just become really heavy. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And that's a lot of what we practice, you know, in, in my coaching is... Um, how do you be resilient and how do you stay level in that mm. when things are crashing around you? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and from personal experience, we, my family's had a really tough challenge with health this year. Mm -hmm. uh, two out of three people in my family have, have had really major issues. Yeah. And so I had to stay level and you know be this, the pillar right. in the midst of all this and yet not get caught up in you know, all the emotion of it, you know, right. you can't, you can't be a robot, but on the other hand, a lot of this stuff, uh, and this is the, uh, the work I do for myself and yeah. I bring it to my clients mm -hmm. is like, well, how do you, how do you process this stuff? How do you stay that? Because a lot of it, it does come down to, it's not just the event, it's our, how we interpret the event, right? right? It's the judgment we place on ourselves when something goes wrong, yeah. what we perceive to be wrong. And well, before we started recording, you said something. You said uh, events are neutral, mm. right? Fini finish that. Yeah. So I think it was Eckhart Tolle, uh, Tolle who said events are neutral. Our perceptions of them are what determine whether they're negative or, or positive. Right. So um, that I, I, I'm coming to believe more and more. Yeah. Like the event happens. And I've seen this. Like what is initially a very feels like a very negative setback actually tends to be a message that you need to change something right and it needs it means it's time to evolve and change is hard like yeah. especially when things are good and all of a sudden they're not right like making that shift it's like you want to maintain that previous state that previous state might not be available anymore mm -hmm. and this is just showing you the way but it's all in how you interpret it and that yeah. was the, the one of the the hardest things about when i was doing revelation mm -hmm. and being in that seat is I would always pass judgment on it and generally judgment on myself when something went wrong I yeah. would say oh it's because because something I did or something I am well and at the end of the day it's your responsibility anyway right yeah the buck always stops with you right but that doesn't mean it defines you yeah right so that's that's the thing that I work a lot about is like hmm. you know a company something you have it's not something you are hmm. and as a founder, it's really easy to get your identity really intertwined with your company. You're out there, you're, you're, you're advocating for it, you're evangelizing for it. But at the end of the day, if you take that company away, you're still you, yeah. right? And no amount of success is going to necessarily validate you. Yeah. <laughs> and no amount of failure is going to invalidate you mm -hmm. when it comes to that. Yeah. Like, well, and a lot of listeners here are certainly not founders. They're not CEOs. But mm -hmm. I imagine what you're talking about really applies to anyone mm -hmm who is working in a, the professional space and even mm -hmm. more so for those who have stressful, challenging yeah. jobs, founder or not, these are things that, that anyone trying to juggle work and family ends up having to deal with at yeah. some point, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, life happens yeah. and uh, uh, negative events or, you know, events happen 
and it's our, our ability to be resilient and, and, you know, um, press on and, and thrive in the yeah. midst of that. And it's one of those things where it, it, it takes some time to get awareness of like, mm-hmm. what's the event or what's, what's happening and what is my emotion and my feeling and my judgments around what's happening. Yeah. And then the more we can raise our awareness and separate those two, the more we can kind of see what's really happening. Yeah. So what would be one good takeaway that you'd leave with anyone listening um, that they could apply to their lives or try for the next day or week or month that you would just encourage everyone to just give X a try and that you believe it will, it will have some measure of benefit to their lives. Yeah. So I would say, um, whenever something happens that you perceive as negative, stop, take three breaths, really think about it and try to listen in on what's, why is it negative? Right. And, and see if you can separate what the event is from the emotion and the judgment around it. Mm-hmm. And what story might be popping up in your head that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and if you start to, to see that, you'll start to see the world differently. Yeah. And that applies to work, family, friends, Everything. doesn't matter. right? Yeah. 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 Um, and our stories drive us. I'll give you a, a quick example. Sure. So I have a, I had set up a, an initial uh, coaching call with a potential client last week uh, and we had set up a certain time and it was on a Wednesday and on Monday I realized uh, we had a doctor's appointment uh, that it came up and I had to shift an hour later. So I wrote and said, hey, you know, let's shift an hour later if that works for you. If not, let me know another good time. Yeah. And I didn't hear from the person. Hmm. And I followed up a couple more times, never, never heard from them. And then, you know, the time came and I showed up on the Zoom and they didn't. Yeah. And I never heard from them. Hmm. And there was a story firing up in my head. Hmm. It was, oh, that person probably doesn't want to work with me now because I asked to shift this time and they think now I'm not going to be reliable. And yeah, that's where my head would have gone to for r- sure. Right. And then, but I caught it, right? I said, oh, that's the story I'm telling myself. I have no idea what's going on <laughs> in that person's life. Their week could be so off the rails right now yeah. that this just, just fell down the priority level. And, and that might be what happened. Um, and so I said, okay, I'm just going to put it down and I'm just going to, I'm not going to believe that story. Yeah. I heard it. I don't need to listen to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they followed up, uh, you know, a couple of days later and said, sorry for standing you up. I, you know, had a hard week and let's see if we can reschedule. Right. I would love to, to talk. Yeah. So all that mental energy that I would have like, even a, like a few years ago spent on, Oh my gosh, I blew it. And right. you know, and two c- more days of that until you heard back from them. Right. That's yeah. exhausting and often crippling. Right. And totally wasted energy yeah. because yeah. it had nothing to do with what was actually going on. Right. So that's, that's the example okay. of like separating the event from the story you spin in your mind about yeah, it. I think that's really good advice. So for people who want to learn more about your coaching business and about your retreats, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, SteveAugustCoaching.com. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn, and I've been publishing a series of articles I called know. "Meditations for Entrepreneurs." I've been enjoying it, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I take a, so a quote from philosophy and mm-hmm. I show how it applies uh, to entrepreneurship. 
So those are the, the best places to okay. find me. And that's, it's a really smart series. So I do recommend that um, if you're interested, I definitely recommend you check yeah. that out. It's well done. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Steve, thanks so much for chatting with us. This is definitely a different conversation for a market research conference, but I think it's great. It's a breath of fresh air and I'm sure it's something a lot of people think about and even struggle with a lot of the time. So hopefully this will be helpful. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. You can find all our episodes by searching Audible Insights on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, and by visiting insightsassociation.org audible. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.